Welcome to Tech Talks in 20. I'm Michael Logan. And I'm Ginger Conlon. This week, we're going we're gonna to dive back into a familiar, a very familiar uh, aspect of contact centers, and that's AI. I think we talk about it a lot because it really, really is one of the key drivers of what's new and exciting with contact centers. And on that subject, we have to continue diving deeper into that subject. And Ginger, I think we've got enough. We have a study that you want to talk about, and we're going to highlight in this week's episode. Yeah. AI Comes of Age, a study that Genesis and Economist Impact conducted together, 750 customer service marketing and sales executives globally we spoke to, to talk to them about getting a better understanding of how they're using AI in the customer experience. And I think some of the, one of the key things we're going to talk about is we not only we have leaders and laggers, that's going to come up a lot. And I know the laggers sounds like a new you know, streaming TV series about just the laggards. I would be the star of that show, I think. But the idea that uh, everyone's using AI in a different way and, and we want to get deeper into, you know, those leaders and those laggers, and we're going to talk more about that. But how are we going to dive into it? What are we, who do we have with us today, Ginger? We have a special guest and I'm excited because he and I actually just spoke about this topic for a trends report that we have coming out. So welcome to Brett Weigel, who is SVP of Product Management for Digital AI at Digital and AI at Genesis. Hello there, Ginger. Hi, Michael. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So for those of you out there joining us today who don't know Brett, Brett, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and sure. your role? Um, yeah, uh, my team uh, is uh, a talented team of product managers. Uh, we have a business unit now that focuses on digital and AI specifically, and you know we're we're helping create products that our customers can use to use AI more effectively. Um, we'll talk about some of the ways uh, that we do that and and the things we're focused on, but really leading the product team and the product innovations around those areas, helping companies to be more effective on 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 digital channels and experiences, and infusing AI and you know the, the complete end to end of uh, of delivering good customer experience. So we're we're at the forefront and you know trying to deliver the best value to Genesis customers that we can. That's terrific. So. Michael pointed out, hey, we're, you know, why are we here about talking about AI? Because you need to keep having that conversation. And in that study, more than three quarters of respondents agreed that AI will be a critical part of their CX operations in coming years. What are you seeing as the drivers for this, Brett? I mean, I think the biggest underlying reason is simply that every company on the planet has realized that well, you know, certainly the leaders have, maybe not some of the laggards, right, as we were talking about. But every company realizes that if they get better at customer experience, if they focus on it more consciously, they can differentiate, they can create something special, right? We've seen these great examples of brands who do that really well and in modern ways. But it's not only online services and the trendy things, the Ubers of the world, it's also credit unions are getting into this and, you know, people who sell swimming pools. I mean, it, it's really in every industry, you have this opportunity to differentiate. As you do that, obviously, there are some knock-on effects like increasing customer loyalty, hugely important. And, you know, you've got a service operation, you have a sales operation, you want more quality, consistency, you want to be able to improve your, you know, your, your, your cost structure as well. So, it's, it's multifaceted, but if, you know, the main thing is, I think, just finding something different that's unique and amplifying that. 
It sounds like AI is a great way to differentiate the customer experience and, you know, that can drive loyalty. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, and you know, we've, we've all seen this, right? If you have a good convenient experience that felt proactive, that felt like that company had thought about what are you likely to experience and want to do next, you're, you're, you're going to come back. It was, it, it's just so, so much more pleasant as a customer to be treated in that way. And, and AI has a, has a key role to play to, to make that real. I, I want to bring out a quote here real quick, because I think that uh, it kind of fits in there because we, we, we see the drivers, we see the, you know, we see the, the reasons why they're moving to AI and we, and we, you know, that's that if we couldn't say it better ourselves, that that's the reasons to do it and why we want to get into AI as a, as a CX contact. But the quote from uh, William Gibson, the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed. <laughs> and I think that's uh, when we talk about AI, that's, the first thing that comes to mind, it's not just, there's just, there's not one solution out there that's going to uh, get you to that point because there's so many different ways in which we're using AI and whether that's, you know, marketing automation, whether it's insights or post-call analytics, predicting, you know, using yep. chat bots, you know, that's, that seems to be the popular one or, and that is not a, there's not a single source for all of that. Right. I mean, in some of the, in some respects, but what do, what do you see in that area? How we're adopting AI and how we're how how we talk about it not being evenly distributed, but yeah, I mean, so so you know, just to echo your point, there are a lot of different kinds of technology. It's sort of like when you talk about AI, it's a category; it's not a single thing, right? And so you have some very different kinds of things going on. There, there are definitely a lot of customers who are kind of leaning into AI to understand things that are likely to happen or be important in their operations. And then they're using it at the front end to predict what customers might want. And then they're also using it to troubleshoot where pain points are, right? You know, where, you know, for instance, it's the classic, if you're in commerce or you have a commerce operation, the typical abandon of the shopping cart, right? That problem obviously has a lot of tech that people have been using in the marketing space, the MarTech space for a long time. But now applying AI, you can do predictive things with it. And you can also semantically see, hey, you know, what are customers saying in and around those experiences that help me to then go improve my processes, practices, systems, all those kinds of things. So it's really, I think, a lot about the leaders here are developing their own literacy with what the underlying technologies can do. But then in order to really capture the laggards, companies like Genesis, you know, we're, we're thinking more about, okay, well, you know, there's a business user who needs to understand more about what's possible and how it's going to help them. Let's connect it in that way so that it's easy for them to get going and they can get the value even if they haven't taken the PhD in it. It's interesting that you say that, Brett, because in the, the AI Comes of Age report, when we talked about leaders versus laggards, the leaders have what you said, which is they're really thinking of AI holistically. It's not just in customer service, it's in marketing, it's in sales, it's across all of those customer experience touch points throughout the organization. And as a result of that, they're seeing better outcomes than the laggards are just because they're using it so effectively across the organization. And in, right. in terms of where they're using it, 70% of the leaders are using AI to identify customers and predict and drive outcomes versus only 30% of laggards. It's, it's a huge gap. Yeah, that's dramatic. 
And, and I think that it's, it's, it's a lot about using tools that allow you to easily integrate the signals, right? But then also just to correctly identify where can signals come from, right? And, and you know, I think what you're seeing a little bit is, you know, there's obviously a thing before you use AI for these problems, which is just thinking consciously about these problems to begin with, right? And there is kind of a customer experience muscle that rides side by side with AI that, you know, companies need to, to develop that and, and, and to develop that fluency with where is it really gonna matter and make a difference for them. Yeah, I mean, if you think about companies are, I'll say always, but I'm probably generalizing here, you know, always looking for what, what are the pain points and how can we smooth the customer journey, make it more frictionless? Well, so 90% of the leaders are using AI to help understand those pain points, whereas only 67% of laggards are. Yeah. So, you know, another gap. Yep. Yeah, that's the, you know, and there, and there's so, there's so many amazing things that you can learn from just looking at transcripts of calls and chats and what are email exchanges like, right? There's, you think about the things that you would complain about and how often that complaint is, why can't I do something self-service? Why wasn't this, you know, you know, internally that something was going to happen to me, but nobody warned me. Well, you just have to know that you have to call this number after 30 days and you have to say the magic word and then you get the right outcome as a customer. Well, that's, <laughs> you know, it'd be nice to know that as a CX leader at that company, because then you can actually go fix that. You can knock heads together. You can make the processes, you know, to be improved, or you can put systems in place that automate it, which I think is, is, is really what the leaders try to do. So, and, and we found, and, we, and we're finding more and more that the, the leaders that do that, you know, it's not just, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, Ginger, and, you know, just to kind of reiterate that when you do that correctly, when you have a, have those processes or that AI in place that does that self-service and it does it, you know, with empathy and effectively, and it, it does reduce not just your, your, that chance, that one chance you get to meet one-on-one -on -one with your, your customer at that point. But also on the employee side, when you're reducing stress on their, their end as well, because if that customer can't self-service and can't do it correctly through the right tools, they're not going to approach that your employee with starting off in a positive way because they feel as you that it, well, you just identified in that experience. But you talk about the laggards that are not there yet. How do we move them that way? Like what's some of the things we drive to get them, you know, what are what's missing and that what's the magic formula to get everyone moving in the right direction? Is it just educating them on more about how to adopt AI? Is it understanding, you know, those those key concepts to why we're adopting it and as opposed to why they think they might be adopting it? Because I hear a lot, you know, call deflection. You know, that's what, you, that's the yep. first process, but then they realize soon, oh no, that's not why we're using it. Right. Yeah. But I'll let you, yeah. I mean, I think here's the thing. These technologies have been very low level from big platform providers where you, you, you kind of have to be a developer to have the right starting point. Right. And, and that, that I think is where business users struggle because they come, you know, if you look say four years ago ish, right every CMO on the planet was running around saying, well, I got to have a chatbot, right? And then right. everybody threw a chatbot out that did some basic things, but many of them still don't connect to anything that's actually meaningful. Some of the, the things that we've been trying out, which I think are going quite well, is that, you know, for instance, with our digital products, we've got this great visualization called Voices that lets you see verbatim what customers are actually asking for 
and where you actually have content or an experience that backs that, that can satisfy that. And it's red if you don't. So it becomes this very satisfying thing of, oh, wow, I have a lot of red. Let me make it blue. The more blue you make it, now you have a more complete experience. So it's a great way to visualize that I'm creating a complete loop and I'm actually helping where the need is. Another uh, great example is our predictive routing feature set actually allows you to turn on the AI behind the scenes and it tells you, well, you're gonna save this much time in your agent population overall with your interactions if you're running this versus not running this. It, it, it effectively does the A-B test for you in the administrative experience. So before you set it up and really invest all the time, it can kind of tell you, okay, well, this is the value that you could derive. Now, obviously you're gonna have your own cost calculations per interaction of what you think you're spending per call or per chat or per email. You can then translate that into real terms of, okay, what, what's the ROI for me, right? And for many of the customers, I mean, that's, that's huge because you know it's all about how do I tell my boss, what are we gonna get out of this, right? At the end of the day, most business software runs into that moment and if it doesn't have value, eventually, you know, people move away from it, right? So why not illustrate that, right? Put it right in the interface. And, and I think that that kind of accessibility is really what, I think that's the next stage of AI here. That's how we get folks who have been hesitant or don't know where to get started. That's how we get them involved. Yeah, and I think that we've, again, another topic we've covered often is that, that the idea of the ROI on moving this direction is not just and I mentioned it a little bit ago, it's that ability to have that one-on-one -on -one moment with your customer. And I don't think the value has always been a, a, a sales or a marketing or just a business driver in that respect. It's just been, what's the cost of the CX? What's it cost per interaction? And they look right. at ways of reducing that, but that's your one opportunity to be that empathetic voice to your, and have that one-on-one -on -one moment with your customers and how, how valuable is that, right? You know, cause the cost, you know, what, what's the ROI on that? That's, that's a little more complicated to measure, but to get us there, of course, you're getting everyone in the right direction, whether that's using AI to do their prediction and get the right agent with the right customer. Every single interaction is looked at and evaluated in a different way. And that's things we couldn't do in the past, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's really been the growth of, of this technology. You talked about that at the beginning. It's, it's, we've moved from, you know, a more code-based solution to more, would you say we're, we're getting to that point where we're ready just to, it's just drop-down menus. I hate to say it that way, but it's, is it, are we getting there? Is that, are we getting closer to that? I mean, in many cases, right? So there, there's, you know, we have the growth of what, you know, we call that declarative platforms, right? It's, or it's low code or it's no code, right? But that approach is definitely much more part and parcel. In addition, there's that kind of analytics layer and having the instrumentation to be able to say what difference would it make in advance of, right? And coupled with the fact that, okay, I now don't need to drop into a black box and start to type little green letters right? um, and, and, and get into that scary land, you know, for some people, obviously developers, you know, they're, they're comfortable with that. But a business user is going to want to know before the investment is made, how does it move the needle for me? People are more increasingly savvy that the things exist, but you know, knowing actually how it intersects with their scenario is, I, I, I think, where we need to do more as an industry, and and that's definitely, you know, that our our roadmap is focused on that. I mean, that that's that's I think the 
the place where this needs to go. So speaking of simplicity and making the user experience easy, let's let's go back to the customer side. Brett, you provided your insight for report that we just had come out on CX trends for 2022 and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned how companies have all this data and they use it for you know, marketing and sales proactively to make the experience easier, to help you, you know, buy from them more easily. But when you get to service, it's a different experience. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the point I was trying to make in the report is, you know, we we have, I think, a real disconnect between the world of, you know, marketing and commerce and the world of of, of, of service. And, you know, it, it's getting closer together and there's a lot of integrations out there in the industry. But I think that there's a real opportunity to take the concepts that are really native to the marketing industry and to MarTech, you know, segmentation, intent, outcome, conversion, those types of verbs and nouns that are really part and parcel of that world, you know, we can infuse that directly into the service center. And, you know, especially on digital, because you have all these rich signals about where's the person been going? What are they saying to you? How are they indicating what the, you know, what their desires and preferences are? in the actions that they're taking relative to your brand. So you're putting more out there digitally, they're interacting with it more and more. And you have this opportunity to, I think, develop a bit of a profile that says, okay, when when Ginger comes in, we actually take into account that there's an open account application, but there's another one that needs to be renewed. And she's been looking at articles about how do I open, you know, a new college savings account, all of these types of things can be part of the conversation as it gets started. And we can use it with the automation as well as to better inform the humans that you might interact with. And I think if we can do that well, you know, we're really developing a more empathetic customer journey. The customer feels like you're actually doing something with the data that you're giving them. I always use this really bad example. One of the music streaming sites, you know, I was in a folk phase, you know, for a while. And then all of a sudden, get, you know, like these ads autoplay, you know, kind of bad user experience. But anyway, full on heavy metal, <laughs> like, you know, come on, you know, you, you, folksy. you know, you know, you know that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all about, you know, the, the, the new wave folk artists here, you know, and have been for about a year. I've been on quite a, quite a kick. That's the thing you're going to put in front of me. So, and I think what it really happens is, is like, the customer is forced to route their own service interaction as opposed to you do it for them, right? There's this sense historically that, well, I have a support site. I put the 800 number on it. I hide the chat button because I'm afraid of the interaction. Well, if we hide it there, we won't get as many and then we won't have to hire as many agents and that'll be great for us, right? But you can see the problem, right? <laughs> it's, you know, the more proactive, the more catered to the customer feels, the more loyal they're going to be, right? So we've got to connect that and, and you know, make, make it easier for companies to not be afraid to, to, to meet the customer where they're trying to reach you. So yeah, that's the first episode of, of the laggards on your streaming service. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That hiding, hiding the chat button. 
right. hiding yeah. the chat button because we don't want to talk to yeah. him. No, that's it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, that's a feature. I, it's you move your mouse and it moves away from you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could sell that. I think we. Could, yeah, I think that's that. There's a there is an item we could put on the market. I think there's. I've seen that a lot. You know, that's interesting. I never. I. I guess you, you brought up a, an interesting point though, is that there is that the opportunity they have now of being open to that interaction as opposed to hiding from it, because, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think of an example of that, but it, if you're, and I've had many examples of that where there is no way for me to reach one of my, you know, vendors of choice, but I, I, I find that it's, it's frustrating for me, but you're right that AI allows you to kind of breathe accept it, right? You're getting that moment where you say, okay, now we can start to accept some of this. And that's what sure the leaders are finding. We can bring, we can offer this and it's, it's working. And that's the difference, right? Because they're, they're adopting right. it correctly and, it, and it's working for them and their customers are, are happy because they can, they can ask their questions. Sure. It's through a bot, but they're, they're getting the, the results they need. And that, that's an important and important aspect. I think for the, and I'll just ask you quickly on this and the liar part, is it, is it a, a fear of cost and a fear of that green box that you mentioned earlier, the dark screen and the green and the green letters? Cause that's, you know, that's, that could be easily part of it. Is it, they don't see the, the ROI in it, I guess, if you will, maybe. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's probably a little less about the ROI and more about the cost and sort of the fear of a bad experience resulting, you know, so part of it is trusting the AI for self-service and having that muscle. Part of what you need to do is really think about and invest in tool sets that let you really help customers with the AI rather than just deliver frequently asked questions. It's certainly useful if I contact my bank branch to know where locations are and are they open, you know, and that's effectively a static lookup for the most part, right? If I can then actually check on my account application in an automated and authenticated way, well, that's a lot more powerful, right? There are a lot of companies today that for various reasons, and a lot of it is, you know, probably immaturity in integrating the systems needed, right? Um, but also having something that isn't easy to use to set these things up where I'm afraid to do it because it isn't integrated yet. People are going to fall through the cracks, so I'm not going to do it. Call, right? And that's fine, right? And we can still arm those agents with tools to enhance what you thought you were trying to do and help you even in that voice interaction. And that's very, you know, every contact center is a service of any, you know, including our own does that well, but, you know, the more that we can infuse true useful help up front, well, that, that's your, you know, that's your cost savings, right? You, you, you're going to be able to help customers at scale in a way you never were able to before because you thought about it and because you did the work, right? And, and then our job is to make that easier for you, so... You're yeah, and oh, go ahead. I, Sorry, I, I, was just, I was just gonna say that your example, Brett, of getting in that comfort zone to trust the AI reminds me of back in the day, first using GPS and being comfortable <laughs> to like let go and let the GPS right. take you where you are hoping to end up. Well, the next phase of that is we're gonna let that that AI drive us, you know, and then we're, we're getting to that those self-driving cars, but you brought up an interesting point and I want to highlight it. You said helping customers at scale. And I, I think we, we look at, you know, the employee experience there too. It's not just about, I mentioned it earlier. It's not just about the customers and we know that's important, but it's also how do we make it employee centric as, as well. And there are ways in which, you know, we're getting AI involved in that. 
right? It's on the on both sides of that interaction that we're we're assisting and and talk a little bit about some of the tools we're we're getting for you know for the age for the agent experience, if you will, and, and even the supervisor throughout the business. What what's some of the ways that AIs have improved that, and what did the study find? And yeah, I mean, I th- I think you know this is another huge area where you know the industry is really moving ahead and i and i think that we've had a lot of success with contextual journey information with okay if 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 we know that you're in a segment because you were browsing that area of the site before you called or had a chat with us we need to deliver that to the agent so that we have the best experience possible in in the live world but also, you know, we can react to what the customer is saying in real time. We can provide suggestions. We can provide offers and actions that are relative to that conversation. We can help the employee indeed to be more empathetic because, you know, we, you know, there's a lot of emotion detection and things like that that can also flow in. And the idea is really to have a comprehensive strategy around it. It's actually not only AI. It's also just the convenience of the literal point and click tool sets available to the agent. Something we're really focused on in digital is I can have a lot of conversations at once. It turns out as an agent, okay, that's great productivity-wise. We're getting more done, fine. But if all of the conversations suffered because the tool set made it hard to have simultaneous conversations, well, now we have a problem, right? We can't, you know, <laughs> we can't send 10 customers to you and then they all have a worse experience than if we had just done simplex, you know, one at a time kind of operations. But, you know, the promise of digital is, is that, yeah, I mean, the agents can be more highly trained and they're really orchestrators on top of the automation as opposed to, you know, it's more air, air traffic control than it is frontline infantry, you know, you know, to, to use <laughs> various metaphors, right? that don't relate to each other at all. But <laughs> but having said that, right, you know, yeah, we want to get more out of the investment of the agents that we still have and let AI do simple things, right? And, and as a result, you know, and re- really where this is going is, can I as an agent give a bot a job to do and then it comes back and says it's done, right? That's really where this is going is I now have side by side I've got my own personal Siri in the contact center helping me do my job, as opposed to it's only up front of when I see it, which is that's the world of the IVR, right? You know, the IVR handles some things, right. but then pretty much everything that's complicated comes to me, right? You know, we, we can mix and match much more and enhancing that productivity environment. That's going to be a huge leap forward for the industry. So, yeah, you brought up a good point there, that whole you know, the idea that if I, if I have 10 interactions hit me, but I have to open up 14 screens for every interaction, you know, is that, is, That's you right. know, think or different backend systems or, you know, those are the ones, those are the complex questions. Yeah. If you're routing that many interactions to an agent, but there's, there's not that orchestration layer sitting on to, to bring it together, like you're saying, and I'm just navigating through, or we don't have that yeah. hand holding with, with AI and with bots that bots can inform us and move us in the right direction. Then yeah, that, that can be complex. And that's where you're going to lose that opportunity, as we talked about multiple times, where you have that one-on-one right. moment. And little things like the button isn't in focus when I tab on the keyboard. I can't see the suggestion because it's behind a click, mm-hmm. right? Little things like that make a massive difference. The best operations in terms of really taking the technology on develop that expertise about user-centered design and start to think about, well, 
okay, user has a, has a job to be done to use that parlance, right? How seamlessly can I do that? How easily can I do it? How repeatedly can I do it? Because I mean, literally it's repetitive stress injuries, the harder that you make it, right? You know, and it, it becomes one of those moments that we've all had where, you know, it's, it's the DMV computer experience where you're just standing there and you don't even know what's going on. You know, and I, I had this experience the other day getting, getting my California real ID, you know, computers are a little slow huh? <laughs> and, 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 you know, real wonderful agent standing right in front of me, you know, she's like, Oh, you know, don't even tell me about it. Right. <laughs> you know, but it, I mean, it's, you know, dealing with it once that's, that's fine. But you know, you, if you deal with a hundred customers a day, wow. You know, so we, we need to dive in and really make that experience as easy as it can be. There's a couple interesting points from the study um, in terms of the top areas of using AI in the, in the employee experience. So three are related to productivity, which you've been talking about. So 43% of AI leaders are using AI to support tools, processes, and strategies for CX workforce enablement versus 27% of laggards. And 61% are using AI to prompt next best actions in real times to employees. And 61% are using forecasting and scheduling AI, you know, enhanced to measure employee productivity. But the one that I thought was really interesting, and these are all pretty cool, but the one that's not like the others, so to speak, is 62% of AI leaders are using AI to identify employee career growth capabilities. Mm-hmm. So looking at their skills and seeing what matches for them in terms of growing their career and advancing. And we learned from one of our other studies that career advancement is really important to agents. So this is it's pretty cool that it's being used in this way. Absolutely. I mean, you know, think about what we were talking about earlier about the forms of AI in the customer world. You know, part of it is you look at customer verbatims to figure out where can you help better or where can you fill a gap in end-to-end experience. But here, you know, agents or your service population, or even, you know, it's actually not different in sales, by the way, completely the same. People exhibit skills they have implicitly in what they're able to do in these interactions. And the better that you can track that, the more that you can identify how they can grow and when they're ready for the next thing. And then, you know, the, the bigger point is that, I mean, I think we all know this, but it should be said that the existence of AI opens up jobs that didn't exist before, right? And that is, it's such a great entry point because one of the most common uses of AI in business is in the contact center and it's in digital experience. And these are these Mm -hmm. two areas we've been talking about that I work on every day. And, you know, so the, the (laughs) at-bats, the opportunities to rub up against AI technology and features is really in the contact center. So we have this opportunity to really, I think, let people better their careers through exposure. It's great. Where it's not replacing people, it's a business, it's a job creator, right? And that's right. that's always another fear. Like AI is going to replace us. AI is going to do the work for us, but there's really no way. We've talked about multiple times how they have right. to be hand in hand. Right. And I think that's an important part to highlight because well, I think you know, and here's here's an analogy. Uh, I mean, a lot, especially in the earlier days of the computer industry, a lot of the people they came out of the military because they got exposure to technology in the military and engineering problems. And so, you know, and obviously a lot of different industries were great sources of people for you know high technology like we work on today. But it's I I, I think there's a there's a massive untapped to some degree opportunity there. 
and we're going to need new forms of people doing very new knowledge worker things relative to AI as, as this expands. And I think your analogies are going to what well, you've kind of blended them now. We've used that twice. So I think it's just, it has to be a military airport and then it all rounds out for us. Your analogies, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. That's where the laggards takes place actually. That's and we did baseball a little bit, no football yet, but then I, I work with a lot of people from Ireland. So I always have to translate American football the into difference. rugby terminology and that. All hey, that right? And if the AI is working, if you're in Scotland or if you're in Europe and you mentioned football, we know you're talking about who's the leading score. You're, you're talking about, you know, for us, soccer and, for them football but if you right. ask here in the u.s you know that's a good ai and that's something i we talk about conversational ai i saw a study or a report <laughs> on that recently we'll get into that maybe at some point in the future but yeah sounds good well thanks brett so much for all the insight today what a great conversation about ai and where it's being used in customer experience and employee experience and how companies who aren't as advanced can take advantage of it starting today yeah. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. Conversation. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. Wow. Another great episode of Tech Talks in 20, Michael. It was so great to have Brett and all of his wisdom about AI on with us today. I don't think there's enough episodes about AI. And I said that at the beginning, but there's always more to learn. That's what's amazing about this. I feel like every time we have someone on and put that with that expertise, we walk away and like, oh yeah, I never thought about that. What did, what did you pick up? Well, one of the things that stood out to me that may seem obvious, but how AI, you can use it to differentiate customer experience in pretty much every industry, you know, whether it's manufacturing or a pool company. So B2B, B2C, like all around, it's super effective way to differentiate your customer experience. And another thing that Brett said that really stood out was similar in applying AI to make predictions, not just in marketing, but across the customer experience. So for example, using the predictive capabilities of AI to look into potential, you know, pitfalls in the customer experience and pain points that you could then alleviate. How about you, Michael? What'd you hear? You know, I, I think of uh, one example of how AI makes my life better and that's suggested content on all my streaming apps. You know, what video do I, what TV show do I watch next? Maybe it's going to be the laggards. I don't know. That's, that sounds like a great show. Um, that's how I use AI. I, I, I can't make a decision on my own. But one thing that we, we do know from AI when we talk about that, it's one thing that we picked up is figuring out where to use it. You know, figure out before you start to implement it, figure out where you're going to use it. And then the other piece was, it was interesting to me, was using AI to predict whether it's the best choice moving forward, right? Do you want to use AI to determine if AI is right for you, right? right. In this instance, is I, I can think of how some products will do a, a test of your routing and determine whether um, AI routing is right. And that that seems like a logical way to move forward is using, using that. So yeah, anything else that comes up for you? So yeah, the last thing that stood out to me was Brett's reminder to use AI to support agents. And okay, there's the obvious, things like real-time coaching, but also if you're going to use it, make sure he said to enable agents to see it. So if you're going to use a real-time coaching, make sure that they can see it on their screen and there's not some other pop-up from another application blocking it. So these things that seem kind of simple that really can get overlooked if you're not careful. Absolutely. And, and for more, more guidance on how to use all of this and how to implement it. You, we have plenty of content. We've covered that in several of our episodes. 
And with that said, as we close this week's episode of Tech Talks in 20, I want to thank everyone for listening and hope you're able to take away something from today's episode. Before we leave you, we want to remind you to be sure to take advantage of the resources listed below on Genesis.com. These expand on today's topic and will leave you with some additional information. Also, be sure to click subscribe to get notified on previous and new episodes of the podcast and feel free to share with your colleagues and friends. Again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Tech Talks in 20. Goodbye.